Welcome to the Weekly Word from St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Farmersville, Ohio. Visitors and guests who are here with us this morning, as well as to everyone joining us by video. Our annual community Thanksgiving service will be at Slifer's this afternoon at 4 o'clock p.m. We are all invited to come to give thanks to God for blessing and preserving us these past couple of years. Our Hanging of the Greens will be next Sunday, November 28th at 4 o'clock p.m. Many hands make light work, so please feel free to come help decorate our sanctuary for the Advent and Christmas seasons. Um, Ronnie, do we have any report on the results of last week's voting? Yes. Yes, the result of our last week's voting on the, ba on the ballot was 44 and none against. The other announcements I leave to your own reading. Are there any other announcements for this morning? Ruth Ann. Thank you, Ruth Ann. Yes, if, if you have ordered cranberry salad, please, please see Ruth Ann following the service to go, to go ahead and pick it up. Are there any other announcements for this morning? Yes. Ronnie. A short trustees meeting right after church, if we can do it, okay? It's about to look back here. Thank you, Ronnie. Yes, um, there will be a short trustees meeting following worship. Let us begin with prayer. O Lord, our Maker, Redeemer, and Comforter, we are assembled in your presence to hear your holy word. We ask you to open our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that through the preaching of your word we may be taught to repent of our sins, to believe on Jesus in life and death, and to grow day by day in grace and holiness. Hear us for Christ's sake. Amen.
Holy is the Lord the Almighty. He is worthy of glory and honor and power. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain. By his blood he purchased for God. Christ made of them a kingdom, and they shall reign on earth forever. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, it is your will to restore all things to your beloved Son. He is the King of all creation. Grant that all people on earth, now divided by the power of sin, may be united under the glorious and gentle rule of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated as we continue with the readings. The first reading is from the seventh chapter of Daniel, Daniel, the thirteenth through the fourteenth verse. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. The second reading is from the first chapter of Revelation, verses 4 through 8. John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from him who is, and who was, and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the, from the dead, and the ruler of kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. You're in your reading.
the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 18th chapter, beginning at the 33rd verse. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked? Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters, Grace and peace be to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We call Jesus a lot of things. We call him Savior. We call him Brother. We call him Friend. We call him Lord. And we also call him King. Yet we often take it for granted that we call him king. After all, to us Americans, the concept of a king, or of royalty in general, is quite literally a foreign concept. After all, we fought a revolution to get away from the rule of kings and instead establish a government where all, where all people equally have a share in the participation of the running of the country. So for us to have a king is something that is strange. For us to have a king is something, is something that indeed we, we are not used to, and yet we still call Jesus our king. So today, especially when talking about Jesus as king, we have to ask the question, what is a king? A king is somebody who reigns. A king is somebody who serves as the very symbol of a nation, of a kingdom, or even of an empire. A king is somebody who serves as a source of stability, especially when a government is in chaos. A king is also somebody who serves as a source of national pride, once again, being the very symbol of the nation or of the kingdom, as, say, Queen Elizabeth is in the United Kingdom. A king is also somebody who, who is viewed, who is viewed as, as serving the example, as, who, is served, who, who serves as being the example, rather, and who sets the tone for everyone in the kingdom, who sets the example that everyone ought to follow as part of the kingdom. So for these reasons, and for many others, we can say, at least to start out with, 
that Jesus is a king. Jesus is not just a king, but he is king. He is the king. He is the king who reigns supreme over all the other kings, queens, rulers, rulers and governments of this world. He is the king to whom, all, to whom all other rulers must bow and submit. He is the king who rules supreme over all of world history, all of world events, and he is the king. He, he is the one king who remains supreme as king as all other kingdoms rise and fall, as all their nations rise and fall. In fact, the prophet Daniel saw a vision of him, saw this very vision of him as king, even before he was born. In Daniel 7.14, which Ronnie read for us just a few moments ago, it says he was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of Jesus, remains safe and secure even amid all the chaos of this world. Even as for various reasons, we continue to face turmoil in our own country, whether it be the pandemic, civil unrest, or anything else, even as we continue to face trouble and uncertainty, we have this certainty, that the kingdom of which we are truly part, the country of which we are truly part, is one that will always remain safe and secure and that will never be taken from us. Our true king is one who remains secure on his throne, who continues to reign supreme, who will never be ousted or deposed, and who continues to reign supreme and secure, even despite all else. He continues to reign supreme and secure over us, not simply as a mere figurehead or a symbol. He is not a figurehead or the symbol of the church, but instead, he is the head of the church. He is the governor, the supreme ruler over all the church, and no human authority can lay claim to the authority over the church which he alone has. He also is the one who, as our, as our Savior and as our God, sets the tone and sets the example for us to follow. We will be talking about that in just a minute or two. But from now on, but, but from this point, it is best to keep in mind that the example Jesus set while he was, while he was here on this earth, while he was establishing his kingdom on this earth, is one which we are to follow as his followers, as those who regard him as king.
St. John further confirms, further confirms this kingship of Jesus, this kingship of Jesus where he once again reigns supreme eternally. In Revelation 1.5, St. John testifies, Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Jesus reigns supreme precisely because he reigns all over, over all the powers of this world and because he reigns supreme over the spiritual powers. When he died on the cross and rose again, he defeated death once and for all. He defeated sin and the power of the devil once and for all. And he defeated death so that death and the fear of death no longer has any grip or power over us. But instead we know that we are promised eternal life, that we are promised eternal life with him in his eternal kingdom. And yet, his eternal kingdom is not something which we look forward to in the future. It is something which we are part of here and now. The kingdom, his kingdom, is right here among us, and we are his kingdom. We are his kingdom here on this earth. Jesus does not simply reign supreme in heaven. He reigns supreme among us right here, right now, on this earth. He reigns supreme as king over both heaven and earth. He reigns supreme as the eternal king who cannot be overthrown, who cannot be shaken, who is unchanging, who is always reliable and dependable, and on whom we can rely and depend for help, assistance, and power at all times. Yet we have to emphasize that although we are part of Jesus' kingdom right here, right now, on this earth, Jesus' kingdom, that is, his church, his family, is not one that is to be identified with any one specific location. The kingdom of God is not one that can be identified with any particular country, nation, or even system of government. The kingdom of God cannot be identified with any political party or ideology. The kingdom of God cannot even be identified with any one specific Christian denomination. The kingdom of God can only be identified as, those, as that place, as that place everywhere in this world where there are believers who are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and who follow Jesus regardless of the cost, who are committed to living out his mission, who are committed to living out his ministry, and who are committed to following him regardless of what happens. There is where the kingdom is.
And once again, the kingdom is not to be limited to one specific place or one specific group. But instead, the kingdom is to be regarded as universal. The kingdom is to be regarded as everywhere. Everywhere in this world where there are followers of Jesus, where his family lives, there is the kingdom. Jesus himself emphasizes this in John 18.36 as he stands trial before Pontius Pilate. He emphasizes, my kingdom is not of this world. An earthly kingdom would mean that we as Christians would be struggling for power and would be struggling for dominance over everyone else. And sadly, this has been the case when the kingdom of God has been confused with one particular country or one political or one particular political ideology. Whenever that has happened, whenever people have tried to use the kingdom of God or at the very least the Christian religion for political ends or or for, or for any other kind of ends that involve power and conquest, that is when there has been a misunderstanding of what it means to be part of the kingdom and a blatant, and, and a blatant denial of Jesus, of Jesus' claim that his kingdom is not of this world. As Christians... We are not people who are committed to a particular earthly cause. Neither are we people who are committed to dominance or conquest in any form. But instead, as Christians, as those who are part of the kingdom of God, we follow the example of our king. I will say, that some of the most effective kings in history have been ones that have reigned not with great pomp, circumstance, and arrogance, have not been ones who have tried to assert their power over everyone else and emphasize their superiority over everyone else whom they regard as inferior. But instead, some of the most effective kings in history have been ones that have reigned in humility and service, who have emphasized their roles as being people who serve the people under them, rather than dominating the people over them, and who emphasize that though they are kings, that does not make them better than everyone else, but instead it puts them in a position where they, where they most effectively can help and assist everyone in need in their kingdom. And that is precisely how Jesus reigns. Jesus reigns as king in humility and service. <clears throat> in John 18, 37, Jesus says, You are right in saying I am a king. For this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. The truth is 
that Jesus reigns in humility and service. That he alone is king, and yet once again, he, he reigns not as a great supreme being of whom we are to be afraid, but instead he reigns in, in humility and service, helping us who are helpless, helping us and serving us in every time of need and in every kind of need. In fact, Jesus' greatest demonstration of his reigning in, in humility and service was humbling himself to become a human being just like us, to become a human being, to die on a cross in a humiliating death, and to rise again. That is his greatest service to us. He also, while he was on this earth, healed the sick, raised the dead, gave hope to the hopeless, rescued and freed those who were oppressed by religious rules. And he did all this in humility and service, not in arrogance, not coming across as being the greatest person in the world, but instead in meekness and in humility. And that is the example we too are to follow, meekness and humility. For once again, Jesus' kingdom is still in this world. Jesus' kingdom is still in this world, and wherever we Christians are, there is his kingdom. Revelation 1.6 further goes on. He has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his, his God and Father. We are Jesus' kingdom. Wherever we are, wherever there are other Christians, there is Jesus' kingdom. Here and outside, there is Jesus' kingdom. Spanning all time, all, across all denominations, across all boundaries, across all national borders, there is the kingdom, and we are Jesus' kingdom. Furthermore, we are also not only we are, we are also not only part of his kingdom, but as members of his kingdom, we are his emissaries, ambassadors, representing him by being like him in meekness, humility, and service. And as such, by virtue of our being Christians in baptism, we are made part of the priesthood of all believers. Now, one thing I will emphasize is that in our particular tradition, this is a central concept. This is a central and it is an incredibly important concept because emphasizing the priesthood of all believers means emphasizing the fact that all of us, no matter who we are, no matter what our position in life or wherever else may be, all of us share in the same ministry of Jesus. All of us are called to continue, are continue, called to continue, pardon me, to carry on 
the same ministry of Jesus, which he, which he did while he was on this earth, bringing hope and proclaiming that the kingdom of God is right here, right now, and that everyone who believes is part of that kingdom and receives the same benefits of being part of that kingdom. Namely, God's unconditional love and acceptance, and having access to his help and power at all times. And as part of this priesthood of all believers, we are all called to the same service. One other thing to emphasize as well is that although I am, although I am the called pastor of this congregation, I still share alongside all of you in this same ministry because my position is not one of power or dominance over, over anybody else. My position is not one of superiority. My position is not even one of, of absolute authority over anybody. But instead, my position is one of service. My position is to serve all of you, to serve this community, and in doing so, to help equip all of you for serving each other and serving this community. That is what discipleship is. It is following Jesus to become like him, to serve. It is being equipped, prepared, to become like Jesus, to serve to serve each other, to serve our community. And one thing that I would appreciate, especially in these next few weeks, is any suggestions that all of you may have about how I might be able to do this for, for, for all or for any of you, to be able to help equip and prepare you for service, for discipleship, for following Jesus, for service to each other and to our community. Because as, member, as members of the kingdom of God, we too, as I have said the, next, the last couple of weeks, we carry the authority of Jesus, and so we reign on this earth. We reign in his kingdom. But like Jesus, and following his example, we reign through humility and service, not through dominance or conquest, but instead we reign through humility and service. The greatest persuasion, especially in this day and age, is also, and the most effective persuasion, is also done through humility and service. If we want people to follow Jesus, if we want people to believe in Jesus just as we do, acting in humility and in service is the most effective way to be able to persuade. So today as we call Jesus King, we rejoice in the fact that we are part of his kingdom. And as part of his kingdom, we are called to his priesthood to represent him, to carry him into the world in humility and service. As we serve each other and as we serve our communities, we remember that we are the kingdom, that whoever we are, 
that all of us here today and outside of our walls and throughout the whole world are his kingdom. That his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed, that his kingship is one that will not be overthrown. And that even as we look forward to living in his eternal kingdom, we also are to be his kingdom right here, right now. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.
And now together let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please feel free to place your offering in either one of the plates at the back of the sanctuary. We wish to let our visitors and guests know that you are under no obligation to give. This service is our gift to you. Eternal God, you hold firm amid the changes of this world. Hear us now as we pray for the church, the world, and everyone in need. God, you sent your son Jesus to testify to the truth. We pray for preachers, missionaries, evangelists, and teachers who carry your forgiveness and love to the world. Fill their words and actions with compassion and kindness so that your truth will shine. Lord, in your mercy. God, you sent your son Jesus to lead us into the way of peace. Give the leaders of the world humility and wisdom to make just decisions that benefit all. Lord, in your mercy. God, you sent your son Jesus to make us into your own people, set free to serve you. We pray for people who serve the well-being of others, especially ministries in our community. Renew them in their work. Lord, in your mercy. God, you sent your son Jesus to rule in all times and places. We pray for the friends of our congregation and our church family members who are unable to join our worship in person and for all who are sick and suffering, especially those known to us whom we name silently in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy. God, you sent your Son, Jesus, to be our beginning and our ending. We give thanks for those whose lives have given us a glimpse of Jesus' kingdom. Empower us to join their witness. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. seated until dismissed. To subscribe to the Weekly Word, please visit your favorite podcast provider. May God bless you now and always.